This is Following Jesus into a World in Crisis. I'm Andrew, and together we are exploring how we live as wise and loving neighbors in the wake of COVID-19. Now, we haven't experienced anything quite like this before, but we believe that we can find hope and peace by turning to Jesus. And with his help, we can make peace in a fearful world. Let's get into today's podcast. All right. Hello and welcome. Um, This is Andrew, and I'm so excited for our conversation today on following Jesus into a world in crisis. I hope, first of all, that you are well. We are praying that you are well. Um, Our leadership team is just uh, day in, day out, praying for you and your well-being. I'm hearing from some of you who have already been laid off and are starting to just work through what it means for you in these next couple of weeks to sort of stay on your feet. And so I just want you to know that we are praying courage and faith over you. And remember, um, as we step into these moments of crisis, there's real opportunity for growth in our discipleship to Jesus. So anchor your hope and your trust in Him. So today, as you know, we're having these conversations all about how we become a wise and loving neighbor in the wake of COVID-19. So there's a tremendous opportunity we have as the people of Jesus in this moment to be courageous and to step into our world uh, with a sense of of love and redemption. So um, today the topic is redemptive action, and I'm sitting here with one of my good friends, Dave Daly. Hey, Dave. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. So glad you're here. Thanks for joining this conversation. Stoked. Yeah. Glad you guys are doing this. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. So if you don't know Dave, you need to. He's an amazing man of God. He and his wife, Noel, moved to Bend. How many years ago now? Uh, June of 17. Okay, June of 17. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. currently, you are the president of Kilns College here in town. That's right. It's yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the main the w- main way that I've gotten to know you, Dave, is you have been rallying the pastors of Central Oregon to get together for prayer and to start to network together. Yeah. And you sort of had like this neutral ground where you've been so fantastic at bringing people together. It's just been a huge gift, man. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. It has been, <clears throat> it's exciting. Strangely, it's exciting where we are right now. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like there's been two years of runway yeah. that God has just been organically developing yeah. relationships amongst yeah. the churches in this town uh, to know each other, yeah. to love each other, yeah. to collaborate on things. Yeah. And so it's just been, you know, little pebbles along yes. the way that's yeah. making a road. Yeah. And so there's some momentum. Yes. And then this happens yes. and it's like, oh, awesome. We've got a little bit of foundation to stand on yeah. to do something like this. Oh. So honestly, it's been a gift. Yeah. There's so much good happening yeah. in this town. It's yeah. really exciting. No, you're you're totally right. In fact, like so when Grace and I first landed in Bend to plant the church back in 2016, there really wasn't a whole lot of collaboration going on. I had a few relationships with a couple of the pastors in town, um, like Pete Kelly, for example, Keith down the road, and a couple of others, but really that was about it. Um, and, um, and I sort of being the new kid on the block, didn't really know how to go forward with that, um, and building relationship and unity amongst the churches. And then of course, being a new church plant, there's so much, so much happening. But when you started just like emailing a bunch of pastors and saying, Hey, we're going to be here, we're going to be doing this. There was a big prayer gathering and worship gathering last year. It was just absolutely fantastic. So it's totally the Holy Spirit. You're being humble about it. It's totally the Holy Spirit, but it's also like the way that you have sort of gridded it out to get everyone together. It's been, again, a huge gift. Yeah. It's been a gift for me. Really, really fun. 
All right, so you ready to dive into this Can conversation? Yeah, let's go. Let's do this. Okay, so the key idea here is that by making courageous, creative, sacrificial choices to seek to restore what is broken in the world around us, that we can actually partner with Jesus in bringing the kingdom. Yeah, that's so, right. Um, and so um, uh, the, the way that I want to like hopefully just get this conversation started, I read this amazing article by Andy Crouch called Love in the Time of Coronavirus. And in it, this is what he has to say. Um, when this plague has passed, will, what will our neighbors remember of us? Will they remember that the Christians took immediate, decisive action to protect the vulnerable, even at great personal and organizational cost? Will they remember that being prepared and free from panic, the households of their Christian neighbors were able to visit the needy while protecting them from keeping appropriate social distance, provide for their needs, and bring hope? Will they remember that having ensured safety and always we could, we still gathered to worship and praise God together week after week, celebrating the resurrection, that even as we ceased doing any essential things, we made clear that serving and worshiping God was the greatest and most essential task of our lives. Man, I just... Andy, man, always bringing it. Always bringing Gosh. it. I know. And he, I just encourage everyone go buy all of Andy's books. Oh my! Right word. now, you yeah. got time to read. Do it. You'll be better for it. His book, um, "The Strong and the Weak." Oh my gosh, it's one of my favorites. Oh yeah, culture making. I know yeah, he such just good stuff. Oh, it's so good on the stuff on culture making. In fact, that's kind of the point of this article that he re- that he wrote is that this is actually an opportunity to sort of shape the culture, both of the church, but then also of culture. Yes, so that's in right. times of crisis, there's actually this opportunity backside you know, flip side of the coin opportunity for revival and awakening. That's sort of the, the, the comment here in, in, in this article. But I want to drill down to why. I, I think the sentiment here is I think everyone listening is going to say, yeah, of course, yeah, we want to be a part of a solution here. But why is responding in radical and courageous love so important right now in this particular moment? Yeah, and I think uh, we can look to our roots for mm-hmm. why yes. this is important. Yeah. So uh, we were talking about this a little earlier. <clears throat> There's a book by Rodney Stark called The Rise of Christianity. So Rodney Stark's a sociologist. So it's, it's academic, you know, in the way it's structured, but um, really informative. Right. That the, the very beginnings of the Christian church. So back in Roman Empire, year 165, Christianity is not anything we would identify right now. Right. right. It's a marginalized, small group, weird, often the, the margins. Like one know. to three percent of the population. Yeah, almost nobody. And the people who are in there are just random and they're right. not, you know, they're not governors and leaders and senators you know it is just nobodies right and then this plague and that could epidemic (laughs) epidemic hits and so we hear a lot of people saying right now like we've never seen anything like right this has never happened and Yes, there are interesting elements of like uh, trade and economy and internet that globalization. Yeah, globalization for sure. That's that's unique. But an epidemic hitting a community and wiping people out and shutting things down is not new. This has happened before, and and this is what happened in the Roman Empire when Christianity is just like this mustard seed, just this tiny little thing. And the way the body of Christ in that moment engaged with the crisis that happened changed history forever and that's all of this book is is essentially that while everyone else fled the roman cities on their own to protect themselves left the people sick and dying in the streets 
the body of Christ stayed. Mm. And not only stayed, but they engaged. They cared for the sick. They took in the marginalized. They cared for one another, sacrificially giving of what they had for the benefit of those around them, whether they were saved or not. Right. And what happens 100 years later is this thing is like wildfire. Because all of that culture turned and said, who are these people? What are they doing? Why would they... They could get sick. This is going to cost them and have no gain. Right. Why would anybody do that? And it is the living gospel of this small group mm-hmm. of 1% of the population right. that completely changed the trajectory of, of Western culture and Christianity and everything. And so I say all that because we're living in one of those kind moments. of moments yeah, right yeah, yeah. now. Yep. And so our inclination will be to be like everyone in our culture Sure. and buy... Uh, 100 packs of toilet paper. Yeah. We, oh, Safeway has toilet paper. We make a run. We yeah. load the car. We yeah. hoard it away. Yeah. And if there's anything in us that believes the gospel of Christ, right. believes the sacrificial love of Jesus, has been meditating or learning about this for any amount of time, much less if this has been most of your life in the church, mm-hmm. this is the moment. This is your moment mm-hmm. to begin to live into sacrificial giving and sacrificial love and there's a few reasons we should do this one because it's it's good yeah it it breathes good where death is is taking place right right? brings life where there's death just by generously giving sharing um taking care of others um but it's also a manifest Mm -hmm. of the love of god it is who jesus is right this is the scripture this is matthew 25 right this is like you did this for them you did this unto me so how we actually handle this situation is a direct reflection of like our fundamental belief and love for jesus yeah come on man so you you have so much there that i want us like kind of slowly unpack because that's absolutely amazing i think that sort of uh, in in a couple of minutes, sort of characterizes the Christian response to this. But um, you talk about that that first and second century church and the, sort of the rise of what became then like the gospel going viral. I mean, maybe it's too soon to use that term, but the gospel sort of goes viral in the Roman Empire. Remember, this was this was a church that was heavily persecuted, right? Like they were being to levels that we can't even really imagine. They were being used as toys in the Roman Colosseum. They were being, um, you know, killed. Um, and yet, the, so, so for for um, the first and second century church, this was actually about um, enemy love on top of everything else. Not only was it a big ask to stay during a a major epidemic, but it was also a big ask because these were the same people who were mocking them as they were going to their death. Heavily persecuted. So yeah, imagine you're a month ago, your husband was dragged out of your house thrown into the Coliseum yeah. to be played with by lions yeah. for a crowd that's like cheering and yeah. laughing and yeah. getting drunk. And like, this yeah. is like, you know, a baseball game, you know, right. like having a good time. A month later, this thing hits and everyone's running and scattering. And right. some of those people right. who watch that happen, now you are reaching out and yeah. like caring for them in yeah. sickness, yeah. giving them food that yeah. is scarce and hard to find. Yeah. Uh, giving them shelter in your home. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. it is not pretend. Like, this right. is not a pretend story. This right. is e- exactly what happened. Right. Right. And what, this is why Rome was turned on its head after this. Right. Right. Because it had such a radical effect. And that is like the, the power of sacrificial love. 
Right. Every good story we've read, right. it's you know Harry yeah. Potter and Narnia yeah. and Gladiator yeah. and Braveheart. Like right. it's every good story we've ever read is this. Right. It is you lay down what you have right. for even your enemies, yes. uh, yeah. for your neighbors, people yeah. you don't know, yeah. and the transformation that yeah. happens in that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is palpable it's palpable and and talk to us about that too because you mentioned all of these other sort of storylines from culture um and how this is like a this is actually a really popular one that people really resonate with and do you think that that that's because it has some it's like something that's deep within our dna and our imago day like i do 100 percent. yeah yeah i believe that that is that, that story lives in us right it is like pumping through our dna through our veins that when we experience something like this so most of us just watch this yeah in a yeah. movie or yeah. read it in a story yeah. and even that moment yeah 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 will bring you to tears right. well like you'll sit there and just like pause oh my gosh why is that so powerful right because in our dna that yeah. when when the most uh privileged or powerful give up something or not even the most privileged and powerful although that's that's really significant too but just when uh, when any common man would lay down themselves mm -hmm. for someone who has come against them right just that fundamental uh element is it, it it's it's like magical yeah yeah, like yeah, yeah it yeah. does something totally. and right. i get emotional right. just even talking about this of idea course. Yeah. because i've experienced right. people giving to yeah. me and yeah. my family and yes. coming around and loving us yes. in times of hardship yep. and that uh, no one ever wants to be in that position but when you are and you are you are loved yeah and you are cared for yeah and someone makes you gives you a little bit of dignity and life mm -hmm. um it it will change uh, a hard heart becomes soft right right and and when that happens all kinds of possibilities yes, are on the table that's when right that openness of our heart is right. made palpable right. and then we begin to see how we can serve each other and it's just yeah. self-perpetuating power and it's the power of christ like right. it is christ right the one who had all things right. lays it down right for his enemy, like right. people who are mocking him. I mean, it's Jesus right. on the cross. Right. Everyone listening on this podcast knows this, yes. but this is a really good time yeah. to meditate on Yes, this. that's right. Christ on the cross, whipped, beaten, yes. mocked, shamed, yeah. says, Father, forgive them. They don't have any idea what they're doing. Right. They right. Don't, I mean, what yeah. empathy, what yeah. like power uh, yes. in that? There's yeah. so much power oh, in that. Yeah. And when that power is released then through the people of God and it's multiplied out around our communities, uh, we should be living in yeah. this kingdom right. that looks different than the culture kingdom around yep. us. That's right. And this is our opportunity yeah. to and, do that, to and, be that. Exactly. And, you know, we've had these conversations with our churches for years about um, what it means to like take up our cross and follow Jesus daily or whatever. And a lot of times those uh, points of application are, you know, relatively simple, like, oh yeah, like there's a broken relationship in your life, go and come towards that person and ask for forgiveness and stuff like that. But like you say, this is our moment. This is like, this is go time for us as a, as a movement of Jesus followers, because we can clearly see the world is in crisis and this is our opportunity to come towards them with redemptive love. And you met the, another Another thing that you mentioned was uh, Matthew chapter 25. So uh, we use sort of the story of the origin story of the church from the second century is really powerful. But this is, again, an anchored, like you said, anchored in the teaching of Jesus. So um, 
So let me just read a couple of verses um, in Matthew chapter 25, right? So if you're not familiar with this story, it's sort of like an apocalyptic teaching almost about the end of days, like what's happening when Jesus comes and returns uh, to set up his kingdom here on the earth and uh, in all of its glory. Um, and then he says he's going to be, be separating out two groups, the sheep and the goats. And then this is what he says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did you see? When did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you, or in clothes, or in need of clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick? sick or in prison come on people and go to visit you and the king will reply truly i tell you whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me mm -hmm. come on gosh man that's such a powerful so scripture so so here we sort of like uh sort of get a, a like this is an instructive teaching from jesus and what we, we there's a couple of things we learn here. Like this is part of like who we are. This sort of defines who we are as Jesus people. Mm -hmm. We follow in His footsteps, kind of as you described. But then there's like another layer to it too, right? Like where Jesus is saying, when you're doing this for one another, when you're actively loving your neighbor, you're actually loving me. Oh my gosh! So yeah. talk to me about that. How is how does that yeah. particularly if apply? If I would uh, throw one thing out there to anyone listening to this. Just go to Matthew 25, verse 40, and spend 30 minutes today. <laughs> just hold yourself up and just sit with verse 40. Yeah. Because there's so many elements in just that statement. It says, first of all, the king mm -hmm. will reply. Mm -hmm. Right? So we have this mm -hmm. framing of the king, the, the most powerful, most dominant, um, all things available to him, the king says will reply truly i tell you whatever you did for the least of these so imagine you can contextualize that in your setting who would you categorize as the least in your community so the king is telling you in your context who is the least who would be categorized as the least of these brothers and sisters brothers and sisters so <clears throat> he calls the least Equal with him in, in his kingdom of royalty. Yeah, come on. Like, the king yeah. says they are mine. Yes. This is my family. Yeah. This is who, this is my people. Uh, what you do for these, my brothers and sisters of the king, you did for me, the king. And so, uh, like, just, there's so much to, like, meditate, chew on, unpack, let the, the spirit um, wrestle inside of you, the stuff that's uncomfortable in that. Um, but I think... The main point that, that Jesus is saying, when you um, call your neighbor and your elderly neighbor and just see if they need their driveway, mm -hmm. you know, plowed. It, yeah. it, when you bring some of your extra toilet paper to a few people around right. you who you know um, may be in need. Um, uh, preparing 
making cookies and just walking around your neighborhood, leaving them on the doorsteps of everyone around you with a note, like, we love you. Here we are. You let us know if you need anything. Mm -hmm. We're here to serve you. Like any of these little things, you are not just doing it in charity Mm -hmm. to your neighbors. That is actually you loving Jesus. Yeah. And it's worship. It is worship. It is. Jesus is exalted in that moment. And we know when Jesus is exalted, everything changes Mm -hmm. around that Mm -hmm. environment. Mm -hmm. And so life comes and freedom happens and hard hearts are made soft and hope is breathed into desperation Uh and mourning turns into dancing. Like there are all these things that happen in the element of Christ being present. And we exalt that name when we do these little things. And so, um, in our culture, we have really made this separated from ourselves. Yep, that's I right. I donate. I write a check. Uh, I help out at my kids' little league. Mm-hmm. Like these are things that don't really matter in our everyday. Sure, you know. Um, and and we just set them on auto pay, and we forget that they sure. exist. Yep. And this is a moment where our community needs us. And so lots of people are rising up, but when the people of God rise up and do this in the name of Jesus, and we are loving people with grace and compassion, and we are sacrificing of ourselves things mm-hmm. that cost and hurt, and maybe are a little bit scary, the transformative life of Christ is breathed into these moments, and miracles happen yeah, in that moment. On. Miracles, yeah. and I'm not listen. I'm not being crazy or yeah. like overly charismatic to sure. say that like transformation miracles happen when we radically believe in Christ and like breathe the fragrance of Christ into these moments. Oh, a hundred percent. And I love that you use that word miracle. And you know, if you've been a part of River Bend long, you know, we are talking a lot about awakening and revival to the gospel. And, um, and as you're talking, Dave, I'm just getting like getting this sense that, you know, certainly I cannot, um, like cause a, a widespread regional re- renewal. I can't, I can't, I can't do that. But what I can do is together as we unify as a church and come together and radically love our neighbor, yeah. we can be a, have a transformational impact, miraculous impact in the life of our neighbor. And if you, when you start adding that up with what you're doing, Dave, and what your wife, Noel, is doing, and everyone who's listening to this podcast, then we start to see a movement that is started that is more than the sum of any of us. And of course, it's all dependent on the power of the Holy Spirit on, on yeah. top. Yeah, that's right. So I'm, I'm hearing all this conversation, and this yeah. is, this is uh, as you can tell, um, those of you who are just like listening in, you can probably tell the temperature in this room is going up like 15 <laughs> degrees because I'm, I'm being fueled by Dave's passion here. Um, but what would you say to the person who is like, okay, like I'm in, like I'm all for Jesus and I'm all for radically loving Jesus and my neighbor, but what a, I mean, I'm, I'm afraid I'm, I'm nervous. I'm worried. Uh, I just lost my job. So it's actually me that I I'm, I'm concerned about. Yeah. So how do we in, like manage sort of the tension there that we're experiencing in our own spirit about what COVID-19 actually means for our everyday and and uh and how we sort of wrestle that that through so how do we wrestle that through yeah i mean it that's a really complicated topic yeah but a few things i would say uh first and foremost use wisdom obviously um listen to the scientists and the doctors and the people who are telling us we need distancing and safety and cleanliness and all of those things um don't shrug those things off be wise and um read through scripture and hear every time 
uh, God says, do not be afraid. Do not be yes. afraid. I have That's not right. given you a spirit of fear. Mm -hmm. Like so much of the gospel is combating mm -hmm. the fear in us that drives us inward away from others and away from God. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. where fear actually festers. Right. When right. we isolate, right. when we um, play out worst case scenarios of things we cannot control. Mm -hmm. Right. So Andrew, if you and I were sitting down doing this last month, mm -hmm. you could not have projected right. at all yeah. where we'd be sitting. Of course. Today. Yeah. And it just highlights how little control we have that's all right. the time. That's right. But we fool ourselves into yeah. thinking we have it yeah. more than we do. Yeah. Um, so do not be afraid. Fear festers in the darkness. Um, don't isolate, uh, get into your word and be encouraged. Mm -hmm. Um, and go back to the beginning of this discussion, like mm -hmm. where the power is and what we proclaim to believe in Christ mm -hmm. is that when things get hardest, when things are scary, when the darkness is so dark, you can't see the hand mm -hmm. in front of your face mm -hmm. is where the light shines the brightest, right? Right. So if most of us carry around this, a candle mm -hmm. during the day, it's, it's pretty, maybe romantic for a date night, but <laughs> it's not helpful in the daytime walking around doing your normal thing. Mm -hmm. But as the darkness creeps in and it gets to this place where you can't see one step in front of you, this metaphor, can't see what's coming tomorrow, the light of Christ mm -hmm. shines brightest mm -hmm. in that moment mm -hmm. and will illuminate at least like the next moment, right? right? In right. faith. Right. And so, so a lot of this is, is where our faith hits the ground. Yes, like, do right. we believe all of this stuff? Right. We talk about every yeah. Sunday and in Bible study and in community group. And we, the, the, the words of our worship come out of our mouth. Like mm -hmm. how much do we believe yes. these things? And so practically mm -hmm. that may mean that you buy you know, 10 packages of toilet paper and you give nine of them away and right. trust that God's going to provide yeah. the next time you need toilet paper. And yeah. maybe that'll mean someone will drop a roll at your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's You'll right. be in a position to receive. Right. But um, yeah, when we turn inward and we hoard and yes. we, we block out and uh -huh. we begin to see others as a threat right. instead of as a gift, right. as an opportunity. Yes. Uh, and this is your moment to give away. Yep. Um, I would just say, yes, it's scary in our flesh, yeah. and you have not been given a spirit uh, yes. of fear, Come right? On. So fear lives in our, our flesh, but you've not been given a spirit of fear, mm -hmm. uh, but of power, love, sound mind. And so, so go and be that. Let that invigorate. Let this be a moment. Um, I mean, we, we've talked about this, I think, in the past, Andrew, with like church planting. Yeah. When, some, when you go out to like, in faith, start a community of believers. Yeah. You're so desperate yeah, for sure. God to show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you're just desperate. Like, yeah. God, show up in this prayer meeting, in yeah. this little gathering, in this mm -hmm. song. Like, please be here because I don't know how we're going to do this it's without fragile, you. It's so yes, fragile. Yes, it's yeah. so fragile. Yeah. And I think we're living in a space that is good for us to go back to that fragility Yeah, yeah. because we build up a whole yeah. lot of structures sure. that are a house of cards mm -hmm. that we believe is going to be our, our salvation. Ooh. And it falls apart yeah, easily. Yeah, it's yeah. falling apart right now. Yeah. So then we get to go back to that fragility of faith right, right, and right. trusting God is going to provide today. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to worry about next week, next month, all mm -hmm. of these things. Mm -hmm. And the culture is going to go, it's going to get worse. Yeah, like yeah. Everyone is like trying to give us the heads up. This right. is going to get yeah. more desperate, more intense. Mm -hmm. And like, 
we have not been given a spirit of fear in this moment. Loving your neighbor will actually breathe life yeah. into this scary moment. Mm -hmm. And we begin to trust and love and comfort all of those things. Yeah, I, I love so much of what you just shared. So like like you described the, the sort of the gathering centric sort of contemporary Western, you know, typical church stuff. That's crumbling yeah. down like a house totally. of cards. Uh, but the church itself, like the people, like the what we've been saying and like tweeting all along, like, yeah, the church is not a gathering, it's a family. Like that is actually thriving in a new way, especially as we rise up in courage to do what we're talking about, love our neighbor really well. And um, I don't know where this conversation fits into the larger um, series of podcasts that we're releasing, but we're talking a lot about fear and anxiety, working through fear and anxiety. Um, and so we just want to um, just sort of validate too, in particular, if you're in a vulnerable category, let's say you work in like hospitality or travel or something like that, and you're in this really vulnerable spot, like first of all, we know and we see you and we love you and the Lord sees you and he loves you. Um, and, and then also like there is this invitation to step up and to, like you said, yeah. believe and take Jesus at his word. Do not be afraid. And so, and one of the ways that we love our neighbors well too, we're again, not recommending that you go against like CDC or OHA or anything like that. It's like one of the ways we love our neighbor is by practicing social distancing. You may not know you've been exposed to this virus right. and you last thing you want to do is, you know, go lay on hands, you know, and pray for somebody or do something cavalier um, that's going to actually um, lead to their um, like contracting the virus. But what we are talking about is self-sacrificing to the and and giving of what we have in such a way that it's actually going to make a miraculous transformational difference yes. in the life of our brothers and sisters. That's right. Um, okay, so um, uh, there's so much more we could say about that. So keep tuning in because I, I have a feeling these conversations are just going to keep coming. Um, but what I want to do now, Dave, is you've done a little bit of legwork over the last week or so, just kind of looking into specific, creative, practical ways that we can love our neighbor. So um, what are some of those things that you've discovered in Central Oregon, like right now? How yeah. can we love our neighbor? Yeah, so two kind of two simple avenues to think about. Um, uh, one is on an individual level and one is more organizationally broadly. And so um, the first thing I throw out to you guys, there's a Facebook page called Pandemic Partners. There's a chapter here in Bend. There's one in Redmond. There's one in Prineville. There's probably more coming uh, or have already been established. Uh, but in your community, find that as Pandemic Partners. And on that page, it is specifically made just for individuals to make their needs known to their community and other individuals to meet those needs in kind, um, volunteering, financially. Uh, it is just a one-to-one peer-to-peer space to care for each other. It's not, it's not a Christian thing. Uh, I think it was uh, started by uh, First Presbyterian, got, yeah. it, got it going. Yep, yep. Um, but now it is, you know, it, a lot of people helping each other out. So you can go there and read through some of those. Yeah, so like do, I'm, do I'm on, at yeah, I'm on yeah. Pandemic Partners in Bend right now, and I'm just looking at one of the posts. It's a help request. Um, it says this, I work for an assisted living community with 45 apartments in Bend. Our residents are no longer allowed to community dine, so we've begun to room service to ensure safety. So we need TV trays, we need uh, large shirts, we need tables, we need uh, uh, other donations. Uh, and then, yeah, so there, that's one example. 
Uh, and then there's another example of um, another person who's saying, hey, I live in Southeast Bend. I have to go out later today. Does anyone need me to get anything at the grocery yeah. store? Yeah, yeah. Really? And just hundreds and hundreds of those type of things. So if you're sitting, if you're listening to this, you're sitting at home, bored out of your mind, uh, trying to figure out how you become the tangible love of Christ in your neighborhood, here is a resource that will just constantly update with needs in your neighborhood. And so, so anything. So keep posted. You can get, turn on notifications and see when stuff gets posted in there. Um, so that's a great opportunity. And then more broadly, uh, we've got incredible organizations here in Bend. So uh, Neighbor Impact, um, uh, the Giving Plate for Meals, Shepherd's House, those kind of nonprofits here in town who are really service, frontline servicing the most vulnerable mm-hmm. in our community. And they are just, you can imagine being really overrun right now. Um, and they were not prepared for the, not out of negligence. No one was prepared for this. Uh, they're just getting requests through the roof. So uh, there is a website called What If We Could? Um, run by our, our friend and brother, uh, Reese Fairbrother. And um, it's a platform that allows organizations to make their broad need to know, needs known. And you can give through that website directly that goes right into to their account. Uh, and you can sign up to volunteer. Um, so for instance, Giving Plate has just you know had the request for food and meals mm-hmm. go through the roof. They can no longer offer meals in house. Mm-hmm. So everything has to be packed up and delivered. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know they put a, a request out for, I think it was 40 volunteers and within hours mm-hmm. 40 volunteers signed wow. up Boom. So, okay. so so just keep those two things are, mm-hmm. are just easy runways to get yeah. to activation uh that's pandemic partners in the various towns around central oregon and what if we could as a platform for some of the nonprofits? if you just even focus on those two i think yeah. you'll have plenty of space to go and yeah. do stuff and then honestly just be really attentive to the people in your neighborhood yeah that's um, right we yeah. have talked about putting notices up on those mm-hmm. community mailboxes yeah, right. with your phone number yeah. and just say, if you need something, I live on this street, I'm your neighbor, let me know if you need help. Yeah, you know? that's a great example. <clears throat> it's just yeah. super simple and maybe no one will call, maybe one person will call, but you're at least like opening the channel right. for something to be available. Yeah. 100%. The, 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 the thing that I would add to that as well is just um, take ownership for the well-being of your Riverbend community. Um, we are called to love one another radically as well. And so we live in this hyper-individualistic culture, but that's sort of being deconstructed now in a beautiful way too. I'm so excited about that. So you may be social practicing social distancing, which is a great thing, but you are not isolated from your Riverbend community. And the reality is, is that um, the, the government is doing what they can, right? The healthcare system is doing what they can, right? But there's still so much need that's going on. So this is a perfect opportunity for the church to sort of reclaim that sort of origin story from the second century and take ownership for the well-being of the people in our closest circles. Yep, that's right. Yeah, yeah. so good. Yeah. Well, um, uh, so if you're, I was, as you were talking about what if we could, I was thinking about like if a riverbend community, for example, wants to sort of rally and mobilize together for something like this. Yeah. Um, and maybe they're finding themselves with more time on their hands. There are all, like you said, all kinds of opportunities that are posted there that are a little bit broader, bigger projects that if you guys had the energy, the time, the resource, um, to, to start tackling that again, we have to get really creative because we're not gathering in the ways that we normally do. 
Um, but if you have that sort of creative energy, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, New Hope Church in town here just put a notice out to their whole community and said, hey, we're creating a, I forget how they named it, it was something to the effect of like a trauma task force yeah, kind of a thing. On. And just threw it out there. You can sign up here yep. and then they will help get, you know, some of these volunteer opportunities to that group. Right. They had 90 plus people signed up Come for on. that task force. It's so good. Yeah, it was amazing. Wow, and then great. they connected that task force to what if we could with some of the organizational volunteer needs they had. And so you can, we got to get creative. There's so many resources out there now. And, uh, yeah, we got to do it together. Yeah, we got to do it together. I love it. Dave, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Man. I feel like we need to have a part two to this. Uh, maybe sometime next week we get together and do that. Sounds awesome. All right. Well, let's pray. Let me pray for you. Um, and um, then we'll see you next time. Father, we just want to say thank you so much for um, your heart. Thank you that the way that you've loved us as you've radically come towards us and gave your life for us, Jesus. And um, even when we were enemies to you, that's what you did. And so, uh, God, we see this as a really unique opportunity, a moment in our lifetime to come towards our neighbors in the same sort of radical, generous, courageous love that you have. And so, God, I pray that um, for me, for Dave, and for everyone listening, that you would give us that spirit of faith and courage uh, and a power and of love and of sound mind from Second Timothy 1, that we would, in all of these ways that we've discussed um, be a part of the sort of the transformational impact in our community right now. And God, we just pray that it would lead to the widespread re revival and awakening that we've been praying for. We see this as that, uh, that opportunity um, coming, to, coming to life in our time. So Jesus, I pray you be with my sisters and brothers. We love them. We know that you love them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>